Initiating startup sequence. Five, 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 You are now plugged in. Hey guys, and thank you for tuning in. This is episode 228 of the Plug and Play podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and alongside me every week, as always, is Tim. Welcome, minions. This week, um, gonna start off on a little bit of somber note and then ramp up from there, Tim, or? Sure. Uh, let's, uh. Let's let the music just go away a little bit? No, I was gonna say, let's, uh. Let's oh. talk about what we're drinking. Oh, that's right. Ghost Owl. This is actually a high note for yes. me. Uh, cheers. So this is actually um, a company that um, is, I think, based pretty... This I'm... is the whiskey you brought to PAX to give to What's-His-Face. <laughs> yes, to... Uh, it's not Miyamoto. That's what I was going to say, but it's not. It's the... It's uh, a swear. Yeah, yeah, I give it a bottle of swear. So it's specific... This specific... It's Ghost Owl. We mentioned it, right? This yeah. specific Northwest whiskey from Parliament Distillery in Sumner, Washington, is aged in quarter barrels for rapid aging process. In Sumner, Washington, you say? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, there's some rye. It has a high ratio of Washington malted barley. It's aged for four years and bottled by hand at 45% ABV. Nice. Um, the tasting notes here um, by Paul Belbusti says, The nose is rather muted and closed on this whiskey. That's kind of a, a slam. But the palate displays some surprisingly sweet notes of cinnamon, baking spices, and clove. There isn't much to balance that sweetness, which occasionally seems cloying. Another slam. Um, the finish isn't much to speak of, but this would be a fine mixer or shot for someone who prefers a sweeter style of whiskey. So we've had a couple. We've sips. had a couple sips normally. So I enjoy it. Um, I kind of don't like the finish. It's a little bit burning yeah. for me. I, I see what he means by the sweetness. So what I brought today was one of my gifts um, for Christmas. From our friend Megan. Yes, thank you, Megan. This is frozen uh, on there. Uh, they got ice cube frozen on it. It's an infused ice cube. Um, Urban Lou's the Cooper. So this is kind of like a cheater way to make sort of an old fashioned with nice. um, like blood orange, like is in the ice cube. It's like kind of half melted because I brought it over here, so that'll actually speed up the process. Half melted, I said. So oh, I yeah. swirl that. It probably be ready in a minute or two. So that's, there's yours. Okay, thank you, thank you. I'll pour mine, and then uh, we'll get the show started. And we'll sip again, maybe talk about it in a second. All right, so this is where we talk about what's what's been up. So I'm sorry to start the show on a, on a downer note, but I'll try to make it as positive as possible. Um, my wife's grandma passed this week. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Thank you. She was a, a really special lady. Her name was Marilyn. Um... She outlived her husband, Duke, who is an awesome gentleman as well. Wasn't he called The Duke? The Duke. That was not his name. His name was Herbert. Okay. But we knew him as Papa or Duke. Okay. We never called him Herbert ever. Um, they were a classic couple. They were the generation that's that's fading very rapidly. You mean like the fell the, in love super young, stayed together through every fucking thing? Right. The yeah. boomer generation, the post-World War. Um, they actually... It was kind of scandalous. He romanced her when she was still in high school, and he was like, "Oh 20. shit!" She was like not even sixteen. I want to say fourteen, fifteen. Mm. She developed early. Um, her one of her hobbies was actually going to. They lived in California, going to the Hollywood studio lots and sneaking their way um, onto the lots. Yeah, probably by flattery and using their feminine charms, frankly, on the uh, guards and lot attendants. And they would go in, and they had a. They would like to hang out with movie stars. Now that's cool as hell. 
I'm sure there's some stories there. That, oh, I guarantee you. That probably are not appropriate for her podcast considering her age. But um, she got tons of um, photographs with celebrities and um, she had a book of autographs. That's cool. And she hung out with a lot of the greats of the day. Um, like Sinatra? Quite possibly. Like that kind of person. Yeah. Like that level. Um, she, wow. had, she had a book of... Uh, I yeah. mean, they're movies, so I probably wouldn't know them, but that's really well, cool. Well, not only movies, but old movies. Yeah. But, like, the people that are famous of the day, she <clears> totally <throat> hung out with them. That's cool. So, she was quite the looker in her day, and that attracted my wife's grandfather, of course. And, like, it was pretty much, like, almost a shotgun wedding, but reverse, like, the So, the, it's the slow father, wedding. Well, the father was like, you know, get away from my daughter until she's finished high school. But he reluctantly gave her away, like... I think she graduated early or something, but um, like they, like you just said, they stayed together and they were just sweethearts till the very end. They were that's awesome. They were the kind of couple you want to be when you're old. They were really cool. Doesn't happen very often anymore. Nope. And um, Marilyn, like, totally accepted me into the family when I married my wife. Like, she made me feel welcome every time I went to their their family gathering. Her home back when she was you know healthier was like the the centerpiece for every holiday. Uh, that's cool. And she had like. Did she live there till she died? Uh, no. I mean, uh, they had to go to a, a oh, home for a okay. little bit, and then he died, and then, yeah. Gotcha. I don't want to get into the sad parts yeah, yeah. as much, but, like, she would have us over for, around Christmas for hot cocoa, and, like, she would always make sure our hot cocoa was filled. She was always pushing seconds on She me. was the entertainer. She was entertainer. She made you feel welcome. She had pictures of family over the wall. She's a really neat lady. I'm going to miss That's her That's awesome. So... Uh, Rest in peace. Yes. Here's cheers to, to her. Cheers to Marilyn. Was she a drinker? Um, so my wife... Oh, sip this real quick. She snuck some Baileys into her hot cocoa sometimes. Nice. Um, my wife's... One of her favorite memories is... Uh, they went to camp... Well, not camping, really. It was because there was cabins. Yeah. They'd go on vacation to this... Uh, I think it was Lake Twin or Twin Lake, one or the other. And they'd go out fishing with... Uh, papa and they had root beer with them and they'd pretend they were getting drunk <laughs> when they were kids that's the kind of grandparents they were cool grandparents that's awesome and then both of them growing up and they were always like just just so kind and welcoming to any kid that's awesome so yeah that's a cool generation and good people yep so i guess that's sort of a good transition to go to my own anniversary because okay i would love to grow up to be that kind of person um with my wife and, um, yeah, we celebrated how many years <sighs> over 20, <sighs> a lot. I was just in diapers and I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 22 okay. um, because I haven't thought about it honestly, but yeah. I think we were married 97. So yeah, that'd be 22, right? Yeah, that'd be 22. So we, we use a lot of gift certificates for an anniversary. Actually, our kids shotgun were, wedding. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, damn. Uh, well, that's a story for another time. Um, <laughs> so we had some gift certificates. She had a spa gift certificate, and we went to uh, Bridgeport Village, which is kind of like this hoity-toity area of town. Yes. Southwest Portland. And we went to this spa, and we had zero-G pedicures. And when we told you that, you were like, what the hell is a zero-G pedicure? Yeah. What the fuck is a zero-G pedicure? It's a normal pedicure, but they tilt your chair back. <laughs> that's really it. Like okay. there, there was, there's like no feeling of lifting up or anything. No, I mean there's pressure off of your, you know, your butt. I guess like 
you know how you normally sit here? Well, you, it, you've, it's just reclining. Yeah, yeah. So you know what they're it's feeling. A, it's a reclining pedicure, you, but we're going like, to call it zero G to make it fancy. Right, exactly. It's like the feeling you get when you, like a lazy boy, when you tilt it way back and you're basically almost lying down. So there's no pressure on your butt from sitting, basically. Um, your, your head's tilted slightly down, like just barely. So it was very relaxing. They had like blankets and all these scents and stuff they were doing to my feet. Honestly, I don't remember the last half of it because I fell asleep. <laughs> oh, I said I snored a lot. But it was awesome. Like, you get, you know, I pretty much paid to have a nap. And I'm okay with that. So that was really nice. Um, and after that, we went to um, Harborside, which I believe you took your wife to as well. Yes. Well, Thanks we w- to you guys. Yeah. Well, that's where I proposed to her, like, way back when. Um, on 23 your- years ago. Yeah, on your birthday, actually. <clears throat> on my birthday? On your birthday. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So you can never forget my birthday now. Mayday. Um, so, yeah, we went there, and we had another gift certificate from someone else. Um, so that was cool. And we had um, this, like, New Orleans-style dish, and then, like, this sampler of, like, all these different seafoods, and uh, some calamari, and a couple cocktails, including an old-fashioned. Nice. And it was great. But then we went home because our kids were actually home from, they, they didn't have a school that day, so that kind of sucked. But we went out as a family after that and saw a movie, which brings me to the next part. I saw a lot of movies this week. Tim, why? I I don't know. Tim, why? So I'm going to go through these like from most approachable to least approachable, I think. Okay. So the one we saw with my whole family was probably the most approachable. It was uh, the story of like, queen and more specifically oh bohemian rhapsody yes and it was pretty good hmm. um i think most people would enjoy that um other movies i saw this week included um i went with my brother actually just last night and saw battle angel alita okay and that has the distinction of being the most watchable western adaptation of a manga or japanese card like japanese comic book the hell so like m night Shyamalan did a like a a movie of Avatar a while back, and that sucked ass. Um, I can't think of... Oh, maybe... Well, Final Fantasy is sort of westernized, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, think, I think some western studios were involved in that, and that also sucked ass. This was good. Um, this was two hours. It was directed by uh, Robert Rodriguez. Where did you see this at? Home? Uh, no, we saw it. It just came out in the theaters, dude. Oh. Um, it. We saw it at Century um, Theaters in Clackamas. It was kind of in between both of us. Huh. So um, it was Tuesday, so it was the cheap day. So it was like five seventy-five or something. Nice. But yeah, it's the story of this uh, this kind of I don't know what you call him. He's he's like a doctor, but he works on cyborgs, like people with like implants and stuff. Okay. And he's going through the junkyard and he finds a, a half of a robot body. It's not a robot, a, a girl, a cyborg girl, and he discovers she's still alive. And so he fixes the rest of her body, and it's the story of her. Like discovering who she is and where she came from. Turns out she's like three hundred years old from a from a past war. What the fuck? Yeah, she finds like <clears throat> like her like um her old boyfriend. No, she be, there's the boyfriend part's kind of sad. She befriends like a normal human, like just fully human. Okay, which you know is not going to end well. <clears throat> that was actually a cool flip for the movie. Like she was his protector the whole movie. Well, that's cool because she's strong as fuck. Especially after she gets her second body from, she finds like one of the ships from the old war. Huh. And there's a combat body in it and she switches bodies again. That was cool. 
Um, but there's this, um, there's this, this sport in the future called, I think, rollerball or murderball or something. And it's just, it's brutal. But what I really appreciated about the movie was even though when the combat was like super intense and like they're basically on rollerblades on this stadium chasing this ball um, and like trying to just murder each other, like the action would get really intense and fast, but the cinematography was such that you knew what was going on. Like what I hate is movies like Transformers when there's like a lot of combat and action. Yeah, yeah. And you can't tell what the hell is going on. Yeah, just a bunch of splattering on the screen. Well, just like. Oh, there's like yeah, shit moving everywhere. I don't know what's happening. Did this... Bumblebee and like Optimus Prime just have sex and then they flew through the air? Yeah, I don't know if they're fighting or fucking. Really. Yeah, exactly. This did not have that. Like you understood. They should start a movie genre like that: the fighting or fucking while fighting. So yeah, you Kill can follow. Bill you can follow the action, and um, I've read the comics, and they actually put they condensed them really well and made a cohesive story didn't feel like they were just trying to cram a bunch of stuff in randomly like you see in some superhero movies so anyway all in all there were some cheesy parts but i thought it was really well done so if you're at all interested in battle angel Lita, i would say check it out moving on to less approachable i saw a movie with my daughter called mandy now i think i've mentioned on the podcast before i love when nicholas cage just gets unhinged i just don't like nicholas cage I can understand that he's not an approachable actor, but when he gets crazy, mm-hmm. it's a thing to behold. So I don't know how the the people that made this movie managed to do this, mm-hmm. but they basically crafted a movie where the whole point of the movie is to change Nicolas Cage from like a working class everyman into a non-stoppable killing machine a la Jason Voorhees, like, from the uh, Nightmare... Not Nightmare. Um, the um, Friday the 13th movies. Okay. So, yeah. He's, like, this logger or whatever, and he lives with his his wife. And um, she's... I think she's a painter, but also she works at, a, like, a grocery store for money. Anyway, this... It, it, the plot's a little confusing because there's a lot of like hallucinogenic drugs involved. Okay. But like this, this cult rolls through town, and this cult leader wants her, and he he sends through methods that are a little bit mystical and unclear. He sends this totally perverted like bike gang after her. Like think like the Raiders in Fallout Four. Like they are just messed up. They like have beyond like piercings they are like like mutilated themselves and shit they are like subhuman they are just animals basically and they kidnap her and bring her into the cult and she ends up dying in a horrible way of course and then nicholas cage goes on a rampage she crafts this amazing like metallic axe and he's like murdering this whole the bike gang there's a scene where nicholas cage is actually hurting somebody not only hurting people but like there's this one scene where he's like snorting cocaine off a piece of broken glass. It is amazing. Um, he is in just full psycho form. There's a chainsaw battle, like a duel with with, with chainsaws. Yes, with chainsaws. Okay. Um, like it takes a while for the movie to warm up, but once it gets there, I was all in. Dear God. But this again is not a movie I could recommend to most people. Um, the one thing that was really cool 
is a lot of the movie is very red hued. Like the lighting in the movie is red, so the screen looks mostly red. Okay. So I turned my Hue Phillips Hue lights behind the TV. Red? Red. And it was like the movie just kind of extended into our view. That's cool as hell. That was cool. <clears throat> and since the movie was like totally trippy to begin with, like almost hallucinogenic in parts, I could only imagine if I'd done that and had any kind of modulatory substance. I'm just saying. I didn't, but I'm just saying it would be amazing. So if I review that, maybe. The last movie that's least approachable that I would re- recommend to very few people, not you, was The Isle of Dogs. It's a stop-motion film. Um, it's set in a f- somewhat... This fe- one won some awards last year or something, right? So it is amazing for what it is. It's just not very approachable. Like most, like my my son and my, my wife fell asleep. My daughter and I thought it was amazing. Okay. So Makes sense. Um, there's like this dog flu that happens in Japan. Japan's a very closed it's yeah, an yeah. island society. Like, So the solution from... There was like this political struggle between this kind of populist figure and a scientist. And the scientist loses. Populist wins. The populist leader guy decides to send all of the dogs in Japan to uh, a garbage island. So it's an island ran by dogs. Yes. An isle of dogs. It's an isle of dogs. And Lit- then, literally. Then the story is pretty much um, the son, well, not the son, he is like the nephew, I think, but he's the, the that leader the is the guardian of the, the kid. The kid goes to the island to find his dog. Okay. And he crash lands a plane. And it's the story of redemption of this one dog who was like a, it, it's all these characters that are dogs and they're like honor bound and it i can't even describe it it's just amazing and weird um wes anderton this director he likes weird shit apparently weird shit yes um so it's very much a movie for people like me i enjoyed it like i said i can't recommend it to that many people gotcha but for what it was it was cool and i'm really glad i saw it so what have you been up to zach i just got a really weird tweet okay you want to hear it sure you want to hear my tweet look Yes, there's a spin on them. You are so- They called them escort cards. They looked a lot like business cards, except instead of where you'd have your phone number and your Twitter handle, they had stuff like this written on them. You are sensible and good, and have all the charms of womanhood. Your eyes resemble the stars above you. I shall be miserable if I can't love you. That's from a real 1800s era escort card. And that really was like their version of "Hey, you couldn't." So somebody literally cut so, out th- thirty seconds of my own podcast and tweeted it back to me. Who the fuck does that? I mean, aren't you the guy that likes to leave actual escort cards and? Yes, I do leave escort and- cards in random places. That is beside the point. Who went to my other podcast, cut out thirty seconds, and tweeted it to me? Do you not know this person? No. It's a bot. No, this guy called a bot. The bot went out and got it and did it. What the fuck? I like that someone's sicking a bot on you. Why is somebody tweeting me my own audio that I hijacked from another podcast? It's very... um, Are you familiar with Ouroboros? 
or borealis in Alaska? No, no, aurorbus. It's it's the snake that eats its own tail. Nope. It's it's very cyclical. It's kind of human centipede. It's like mm, yes, yes, I get it now. That, human that centipede. You had me on that one. Sure. Okay. Yep. Um, weird as fuck. That literally just happened. That's pretty weird. Uh huh. Um, Valentine's Day happened, so we didn't What'd do shit. Do? <laughs> How romantic. Very. I, uh, I mean, after all my sappy shit, that's a really great counterpoint, so yep. thank you. I went and got lamb, and I made lamb on, like, Friday or Saturday night or something like that. My son's been sick, so it's like... Is he better? Yeah, yeah, he's snotty again today. What the fuck? But, yeah. You said no measles. Yeah, no measles. Um, And then been working out a lot for physical ability tests. I've been stressing the shit out of that I've been bouncing off of you and your wife, like, nonstop every day. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck do I do about this? And you guys are like, that it makes no sense. That's not a moral conundrum. It is too, goddammit. This is the reason why. <laughs> You're still wrong about that, by the way. I was using the wrong word. Fuck you. <laughs> You're going to be fine. You're going to do great. It's fine. But anyways, so that's all I've been doing. I'll have more news on that next week. Yeah. You're trying to do a thing. I'm trying to do a thing that takes a thing that does a thing. Okay. I feel guilty now. I went on and on about my movies, about... Dude, I don't, I, okay, I'm not going to apologize for going on about my grandma, but are we, are we going to write to do's now? Nope, sorry, I fucked up. <laughs> I mean, I like that music. It calms me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we are going to go to news, but uh, I, I really am just very boring this week. I just... Hey, boring's better than dramatic, speaking from experience, honestly. It could so, be. Well, let's talk about news. All right, so let's talk about news. <laughs> Oh, Bethesda. What they do now? Awesome shit? That that would be news, wouldn't it? Would be. I, I guess this isn't... In a way, it's not news. Bethesda with Bethesda again? Yeah, it's... Okay. Did Bethesda... I, I almost Bethesda feel it? bad about dunking on this game, but... Is this Fallout 76 again? Yeah. Man, I know a lot of people now that like this game. Okay, I, I'm... Weirdly, I'm, I'm glad. Well, this weirdly, guy, it's the Fallout and Skyrim community. Well, I mean that that's the that would that's be their their, tar- their target audience. Yeah. If they can't get, make those people happy, they're done. So, this, oh Jesus! So this is someone who who was happy with the game. So happy, Apparently. so happy. He spent nine hundred hours in game. He was nine hundred hours happy. He got banned. Why? Because he collected a large amount of ammo. Like, apparently Bethesda d- couldn't believe that that someone would actually enjoy their game that much and collect this amount of ammo. So, so they, they were like, hey, you, you must be using, you're like the Russian counterpart to our American You must continent. be using Cheat Engine or something. There's no way you legitimately collected all this ammo. And they, they Can't they, like, go back to, like, previous, like, character save points and see that it's slowly that's amassing? That's the thing. I, I get the sense that whoever's in charge of all of the support things... It's just like, fuck it. Yeah, ready. he got reported... Like, so Reddit user Glorf12 claims that Bethesda... Glorf. That's that's his... Uh, I'd ban him just for the name. That's his Reddit name. I don't know what he is in, in uh, Fallout 76. If I see Glorf in Fallout 76, I'm banning his ass. <laughs> they say that... They banned him because it seems so improbable that anyone would play for so long. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the isn't, reason. Isn't your point to make a video game to have people sucked in to play it nonstop? Like, like even they think... 
No one would play our game this much. Dude, it's we terrible. Didn't even, we didn't even beta test it for nine hours, nine hundred hours. Like this everything's guy's broken. Cheating. Like Bobby pins weigh twenty pounds. Why? Why would you ever play this game? Yeah. So I just. It's hilarious to me that they banned someone because they couldn't believe someone would actually play long enough to get that much ammo. That's I'm not going to go into the details. That's, yeah, that's, that's enough, weird. really. Well, this next one's hilarious to me. I, please read it. Google calls Nest hidden microphone an error. Yes. So Nests were... Or the Nests... What is it called? The, it's called Nest. So what was it supposed to do? You know? What? The Nest. It's a thermostat. Okay. Yeah, it's a thermostat. It's a smart home thermostat, just like mine, except for I have a different version that uses uh, Android. Or so, I mean, so they put a, a microphone in it and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, it was an error, Tim. It was a mistake. It was yeah, a mis- it was a mi- it misunderstanding. Was, we literally made millions of these, and we didn't realize we put a microphone in them. So they- We were wondering where all the Google Home microphones went, and we're like, oh, fuck, they're in our nest. <laughs> so what they were actually trying to do was get... It was the kind of They're pulling an Epic. Yeah. They wanted to get these nests into everyone's home, and then, surprise, now it can be a Google Home, and, like, you can talk to it. So, the thing is that the microphone from Google has never been listed on any of the nests. The curious technical specifications yeah, was not they publicized from they Google. They didn't put it in the specs. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, their exact quote is, the onboard device microphone was never intended to be a secret and should have never been listed, listed in the... And should have been listening to tech specs that was an error on our part the microphone has never been on and is only activated when users specifically enable the option a google spokesperson said in an email to cnet which i say bullshit there's definitely some bullshit literally nests have been out there for probably a good five years nobody said a goddamn thing nobody like double checks to find triple checks quadruple checks the fine print on a nest spec sheet before it gets shipped oh of course they knew that's obviously bullshit yeah that's that's cya time like this is what we got to say because they they found us out this is what we gotta say before our russian comrade is in trouble well speaking of technology and things mm. of such natures and the, russian comrades not so much this is more japanese oh, okay the end of of a handheld era for sony the playstation vita will soon end production in japan i'm surprised they're still making these damn things um the shipments of the pch 2000 za 11 as it's called an under like you know shipment notifications or whatever is scheduled to end soon these are only two psv models still in production in japan which means the handholds consoles end is in sight so this is also the last month for playstation plus where you get a vita game so they are definitely phasing it out Wow. So, pour one out for your Vita, if you have one. I mean, let's not pour our whiskey, please. Okay, that's a fair point. Um, so... That brings us to the end of our news. You want to talk some tech? Let's talk some tech. Maybe. Shall we? I'm everywhere. Just like the Google Nest microphone. Yeah, I'm everywhere. <laughs> nice. So I thought for this week, I think I probably mentioned this before in another tech talk, but I want to do kind of a retrospective. Okay. Or a post-mortem. Okay. Since it's dead. Of the PlayStation Vita. Zelda game's great. Uh, actually, no Zelda game's there. Actually, it is if you mod it. 
There is a <laughs> vibrant homebrew community on the Vita. I want one just for that. Um, Literally just for that. So, speaking of soothing menu music. Actually, can you, plug, the, can you plug this in for that? Yeah. Um, this is a launch version that I'm holding of the PlayStation Vita. A launch? Oh, you mean this is... Yeah. Um, so this came out in 2011, December 17th, so just barely 2011. This is just the normal background music? Yeah. Oh, this is very soothing. So this came out right when um, smartphones were starting to come into their own, like the iPhone, the Androids. Um, not everyone had a smartphone yet when this came out. So if you scroll through, you'll see the icons are these little pleasant candy-like bubbles, kind of like apps on an iPhone. Those are all your games? Oh, I've got so many games. I've got actually more games that I can download because unfortunately the PlayStation Vita uses a proprietary memory card, which is really expensive. I only have a 64. Super expensive. I have a 64 gig. You might want to get everything downloaded before they get the uh, servers offline, though. Just saying. See, that part hasn't happened yet. Not I, yet. There's still a store. You can still download games. I will have to pick... I might actually end up getting another memory card if that happens. Just you to might put, have to. There are some games that you can no longer download. They've been discontinued. Really? Um, probably for like rights issues or whatever. Hotline Miami's on this damn thing? Yeah. So, yeah. when it came out... We'll talk about games for a second, then we'll talk about the hardware. Um, it was a pretty powerful... It was very powerful um, for a handheld. It blew the DS away like as far as what it could do. It was almost as strong as a PlayStation 3 back in 2011. Um, I mean, honestly, it's it's pretty comparable to a Switch, right? Well, we're getting. I'm gonna get to the Switch. So, initially, the first round of games they tried to do like AAA titles, like Killzone, like Uncharted. Was um, not their niche. It was not because when you're playing portable, DS discovered this long ago. You want games that are pretty kind of simple. Yeah. Um, and you can play in short bursts. So, the PlayStation Vita became the home for a lot of indie titles. Okay. Um, you mentioned Hotline Miami, perfect example. Something you Party hard. Um, not on the Vita, I think. Whoa! That, that was, sucks! It's just it's too late. Mm. Like, if it come out... If the Party Hard come out earlier, it probably would have found yeah. it on the Vita. But games you can get into really fast and, you know, play for 20 minutes or so. Perfect. Um, it also became very popular for a lot of JRPGs, um, which kind of made a certain genre of player get used to playing those type of long games on a portable format, which is sort of unusual. Getting back to the hardware, this thing had everything. Um, it had 3G connectivity in the first model. Um, later models would be Wi-Fi only. Um, it had a like a tilt sensor, what do you hmm. call it? Um, it has a capacitive touchpad in the back. Not only the front. The yep, front. I remember you telling me about that one. A three-axis electronic compass, six-axis motion sensing, rear touchpad, touchscreen. It's got stereo speakers, a microphone, a headphone jack. It's got a quad-core, power VR, blah, blah, blah. An OLED screen. Okay, coming out in 2011, an OLED screen on a portal device, big deal. Sadly, to save costs in later models, they would replace it with a pretty much traditional LCD screen which really cut down on the warmth and beauty of the graphics, in my opinion. Yeah. But when it came out, it was a luxury device. It was um, really something. Um, they they really put together something special. 
they didn't find its identity quick enough and it didn't you know catch on with a lot of people but it's a great device and i see myself using it probably for the next five years still just because if not more if not more it has a great alarm you could homebrew the shit out of this thing i could do that so back to the switch i think the switch might not have existed if it wasn't for this thing Probably not. And the reason they would have kept the DS around. The reason I say that is because it had a pretty cool feature called um, remote play. So you could actually connect to your PlayStation Three or PlayStation Four and stream the game to your PlayStation Vita and play um, console games portably. Huh. Um, before the Switch, and it was a little bit rough around the edges. The streaming was kind of dependent on your internet speed. But, like, if you were playing an RPG and you just, like, Fallout 4 is a good example, and you just wanted to kind of level up and get some XP or get some more stuff, you could do that from your bed or whatever. And um, that was a cool feature. And I think that's... It had to be part of the, the thought process of making the Switch where something you could play on the big screen or portably. Um, so I think it's a bridge device. I think it was amazing innovation for its time. I think it did a good job. And, yeah. Good job, Vita. Good job. R.I.P. Vita. Just wanted to give it a shout out since I'm... This is almost like a tribute show in some ways. Kind of is. Let's take a break. A lot of shit's dying. Let's pour pour glasses out and... Down my throat. (laughs) You really don't want to pour one out. No. I mean... Okay, I'll pour one out. It's fine. We'll be right back. All right. We'll be right back, guys. And we are back. Tasty Truths in Hand, second half brought to us by... Sensei. It is a Japanese whiskey. It is. It's a very delicious whiskey. Do you have any information on it? Yes. Gentle peach aromas with caramel and toasted oak notes in the mid-palate. A gentle Japanese whiskey that we find on the rocks with a splash or with a splash of club soda. We're enjoying it with some rocks. We are. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. It's it's very delicate. You ready to kick it? Mm. Let's kick it. I'm going to kick it off this week. Into the Dead, the board game, which you found for me. Mm-hmm. I just had you written all over it, though. It is. Um, 21 days ago, 347 backers, $26,000 backed out of 70000 So, ways to go. 21 days ago, though, so we're good. And here we're going to roll the audio. I don't know. From the creators of Into the Dead, okay, the Smash Hit mobile game franchise with over 100 million downloads. Wow, they're going quick. Holy shit. And a board game design masters. I didn't get the name of the company. Sorry. This is a video game, not a board game. Into the Dead, the board game. It was legitimately video game graphics. Like FPS. I don't know how it started, but they're everywhere now. All I know is that zombies. I have to keep moving, and it'll take everything I've got. So it looks like Risk with zombies. Tool, 
Every weapon. Oh, but you have cards. Even my good boy here to make it to safety. Because even the dead don't sleep out here. They're always coming. You can't make it in this world without survival skills. And I got plenty of those. Chainsaw. I got a few tricks up my sleeve, Can of food. Too, Matches. It's not enough just to get to the farm. No. Hand grenade? I'm on a mission. Several, actually. And I can't show up there empty-handed. Equipment is cheap. There's missions you can do isn't. with cards. It's easy enough to get what I need, so... I crossbow. It. I want a crossbow. I just have to keep moving and try to get them I'm shocked over this many seasons of, of Walking Dead you don't have because a crossbow already. You off guard, I've heard it's really easy to cut your fingers off with a crossbow. Because you'll lose more but if you already cut them off, then that will happen, right? I don't know. Cut them off more, maybe? Into the Dead is a competitive game for two to four players. Designed by Trishula Entertainment, that was the name I was looking more for. than a hundred board game credits to their names. With art by the talented team behind the mobile games. Into the Dead, the board game has been crafted as an accessible game of risk and strategy. By gathering supplies, killing zombies, and reaching safety, players show their aptitude for surviving the apocalypse through the completion of missions and collection of survival points. Each survivor is customized with a unique skill, starting deck, and companion. By backing the Kickstarter campaign for Into the Dead, the board game, you'll unlock additional content and component upgrades giving you the best chance at survival. Pledge now to support Into the Dead, the board game. Burning down the barrel of my gun. I like the music. Yeah, it's pretty good. Alright. Oh, pickpocket. Pickpocket. Uh, I don't know why it does that nowadays. Um, Alright, so where he said that backing levels $1 gives you the undead tier. Uh, gives you... Access to the pledge manager, access to comments, and campaign updates. So that's crazy. I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of that. $1 lets you see the comments in the campaign updates. I didn't realize that was even an option on Kickstarter. <laughs> it's a brand new thing. They're pioneers. It very well could be. The infectious tier is $90 core box. Yeah, very expensive. This pledge includes the core game and the game all applicable nice. stretch goals. Uh, shipping is not included in the pledge mm. total and will be charged in the pledge manager. See shipping for more information. I'm guessing around 15. Oh, the funny thing is, there's only one other tier, so we're gonna go to gonna go to the granddaddy of them all, 150 or more. The apocalypse tier. This pledge includes the apocalypse tier and all applicable stretch goals. Shipping not included. So the funny thing is it says this pledge includes the apocalypse tier. But it doesn't say what it is? It doesn't say what the fuck it is. So let's go to the campaign and see. Maybe they put their shit in the campaign. This is definitely a first-time Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, very... Well, I mean, it's it's a mobile game made into a board game. It looked yeah. decent. like the. Okay, so here's the infectious tier. Mm-hmm. US-90 gets you the board game right. contains... What's the apocalypse yeah. tier? Yeah, w- wait... One miniature, one one dashboard, one carryo miniature, one ten starting deck cards, and one grave token. Um, I think you can choose between like James, Helen, Maggie, Barton, Tony Walker. I, I would want zombie figures, honestly. Yeah. More than hero figures. Okay, apocalypse tier. Here we go. Garcia and Blitz. Um, the board game contains infectious tier 
includes Garcia, Miniature Blitz, uh, Rusty and Ghost, so, New Solo Mode, 2 plus more Game Boards, 60 more Zombies, oh, wow. 32 more Survival Counter Cubes, 64 Snap-On Bases, 8 more Obstructible Tokens, and Stretch Goals. So a lot more Zombies and stuff. A lot more. That's cool. So for an extra 60 bucks. Hmm. So it's a dollar zombie, plus all the other shit's free. Nice. Yeah. What do you got, Tim? So I'm always looking for cool stuff for <laughs> my, for my son. And yes. He's into like like robots and circuits and shit like that. Exactly. Yeah. And especially if I'm looking to apologize to him for being a bad. Don't father. worry about it. You're fine. Anyway, this bad lo- uncle over here. Didn't tell him his. Yeah. <laughs> this this looks kind of cool. It's called the Spiro uh, Rover. And they've done other robot projects in the past, but this is like a modular. I think it's actually Spiro RVR. Yeah, but it, it stands. For, it's, nope. RVR. Well, let's play the video and see what happens. All right. What's RVR. up, Kickstarter? We're really happy to see you. Oh, camera two. What's up, guys? <laughs> That's cool. Spiro's mission is to inspire the freighters of tomorrow. We've been making robots for years, seven or eight years now, and we've learned a lot of cool lessons about how to make a robot and why to make a robot. Over the last eight years, we've been building robots for all sorts of different audiences. We've got tons of feedback from people, and so we finally decided we're gonna build the robot for the people, and this is that robot. Rover is our latest programmable, oh, oh, customizable robot. Did they, did they say Rover is most complete, nope, most RBR. refined, and most capable Pretty robot. Pretty positive. Ever. Rover is an out-of-the-box nope, robotic platform. They're even and fucking wrong, man. With all this wow. stuff just built in, things like driving and sensors that you can just start on immediately. But the thing that makes it special is it's super expandable. What's super unique about Rover is we put in a UART expansion port, which opens it up in a way that we've never made available before. Rover okay, so they're saying Rover. What this brings to mention is like they're dumb enough they don't know how to spell Rover. If you've ever messed with a Raspberry Pi or an Arduino, or right. micro bit, we're, we're missing the point of the whole thing. Rover and make that project Rover. mobile. Rover works with our Sphero EDU Rover. app. You get the rich experience of our community and our EDU ecosystem. So I wish you guys you could see this. It's like a little. Um, you can start coding right away. It almost looks like a Mars Rover. It really does. It's a flat device with like a. It's got wheels, but also has tread around it's the wheels, like a tank tread. And they're snapping all kinds of things on top of it, like weather devices, solar panels. Really Very modular. Are you impressed? I said Mars Rover. Or if one tank tread moves at a different speed than the other. It'll still go in the heading that you originally intended, which is something unique for tank-treaded vehicles. The driving experience is unlike anything you've ever seen before. We worked really diligently to make sure this gearbox was robust. It's driving over a bunch I'm of not going to lie. This would be fucking would be epic for your son. Mulch or rocks. And if he doesn't like it, I'll gladly dig in. I like the idea that there's like, it's hackable. You can put like Raspberry Pi things onto it. There's like, look at that. That's cool as shit. There's other little robots following the robot. Rover includes a 4,600 milliamp hour battery rechargeable via USB-C. We knew this is first and foremost a tool and you need to be able to swap out a battery and a tool. 
Underneath, there's a color sensor, which allows you to detect the color value that it's driving over and write programming based on what color it detects. It's got a full nine axis IMU, so we've got gyro, accelerometer, magnetometer. This is the platform I've been waiting for. It has the accuracy, the precision, the durability, the SDK, the low latency communication. It has everything you need to actually accomplish your mission. Don't just move around, but go do something. Everything from the gear ratio to the clearance underneath to how you hold it, how you interact with it has been thought through. We didn't just choose the cheapest option, we chose the right option. We wanted it to have personality and be approachable and draw. No, they chose the cheapest, that's not my pain too. Products that are really cool bots, but you have to do a ton of work to get it up and running. Or it's super easy to get up and running, but then it doesn't do that much. The thing we're really trying to do is make something that right out of the gate you can get started, but you can kind of keep going with it for a long time. Rover is built for you guys. We want the hackers and the makers and the students out there to take it and make the coolest projects out there and help inspire us. Get, get a Rover. It's awesome. I am All right, getting a the Rover. The video goes along there, but um, so... What's up, Kicks? I'm actually messaging these guys right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think it's a really cool idea. It's, it's basically a platform with a, a really nice easy access battery mm -hmm. and then on the top of the platform you can like snap in other components or make your own components and do whatever projects you want to do like whether it's i don't know testing air samples or i don't know it's kind of, it kind of leaves it open-ended and, and it's like a really good hacker dui like a maker project yeah it, was, it looks amazing um so i don't know if my son's quite at the level where where he could really get into like making stuff for this, but I think it's a really cool project and I wanted to highlight it. So they're looking for $150,000. They've got 28 days to go. They currently have 1,264 backers and they're at $316,977. So they are more than double backed. Well funded. Super early bird was amazing. Um, I, w I wish I'd seen that. I would totally bought it. How much was it? 99 bucks. Oh. That's 150 off. Um, that's all gone. <laughs> Um, there are 11 left of the early bird, which is a Spiro v R Rover or RVR, as you like to call it. RVR. Plus a free mini. The mini, if of course you guys weren't able to see the video, but the, it's apparently one of the robots they made originally. It's like a sphere that rolls around on its own. And in the video, there's a really cool segment where the, the rover... It looks like a... Uh... The rover was point, and there was all these like spherical robots following it in formation, like, a, like, you know, yeah. like geese. It was pretty fucking or ducks. rad. Yeah, whatever. So you get one free mini. So that's kind of cool. That's cool. So it's a $300 value. You save $100. Um, and they're saying they're delivered in October 2019. Well, I mean. Maybe I'll be maybe. in Vegas. Maybe I won't. So that's the early bird. The Kickstarter special is just the rover for 199 So if you miss the, uh, the early bird, you just get the rover. You don't get the little mini along with it. Um, going up to the top tier. I'm imagining this might hold. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. There's one. There was one. It was nine, nine thousand nine hundred ninety. Basically ten grand. Minus so dollar. they bought it. Somebody, I, I, I kind of wonder. They bought it. Maybe they bought it. What was it? A thirty pack. Yeah, they bought it. I don't think so, man. This early in the campaign? Yeah. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say like a school bought it or. I don't know. Some, I mean, maybe a college, I guess. Some yeah. kind of crazy-ass rich guy that wanted an army of robots. I would say that uh, Bill Gates, but he's dead. All right, so 
there is a lower tier and there's two left of three. It's the same amount of money, oddly. It's uh, $9,999. It's an RVR and a BB-8. Do you know what BB-8 is? Yeah, Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever. <laughs> Purchase a 15-pack of RVR robots and we'll send it to you. A school charity choice. You'll also receive a Sphero BB-8 robot signed by Disney CEO. Wow. Bob Iger and Star Wars director J.J. Abrams. Holy they had shit. a lot. I think that they are actually the creators of the BB-8. So a Spiro BB-8 signed by Bob Iger, Eager, and J.J. Abrams. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know if it's ten grand cool. It's pretty cool. But that's pretty cool. I think that they may have created BB-8 because if you notice in the video, a lot of their backgrounds were of Star Wars they mean items. That they do have a spherical robot, so that would make sense. Yeah. So anyway, that's a Spiro RVR, or Rover, as I like to call it. Check it out if you're interested. All right, Timmy, we're going to get smacked by my uh, next podcast, or my next thing. Hit me. It's called God's Hood. God's Hood or Godhood? Godhood. Okay. I have no idea what this is. Tell me about it. Me either. I'm going to let them talk about it. I mean, I kind of know. we're Abbey Games, creators of Rius and renowned explorers, and this is our new PC strategy God game, Godhood. Remember that Peter Molly new game? You are a young tribal god. What was that you game will create called? your own religion and spread it through the land. I don't think anybody thought about that. I don't think anybody's thought about community. that game for a year now. Inspired it was called White and Black, wasn't it? And craft no, their culture by designing oh. rituals and religious dogma. As god of greed, accept their treasured sacrifices. Yes. Bless their harvests as a fertility goddess. Okay. Or mix and match to create your own unique religion. Develop your disciples' abilities and teach them what is a virtue or a vice. Prepare them for battle and convert other tribes through the ritual conflict called the sacrament. Grow your flock to increase your power and become the greatest god of all. Create your own religion. Here at Abbey Games, we take pride in building management games for hardcore strategists and newcomers alike. Since Rius, we've wanted to try our hands at making a god game again. And while we're big fans of games like Black and White or Populous, we wanted this one to be special. To give you the chance to truly create your own religion. And from that idea came Godhood. We want you to be able to decide on virtues and vices, design your rituals and watch your holy temple site grow over generations. Then challenge other tribes to spread your religion. Development is fully funded and well underway. But our vision for the game is massive and we want to push it all the way to make it the most extensive god game it can be. Push it all and for the way. that, we'll need your help. Push, push With your support, good. we plan to go all out in creating content for you to mix and match into your own unique religions. Meeting our primary goal will allow us the time and money to add all the ingredients to the game required for you to become an eldritch god with your own dark, secretive cult. That's what but I of do. course, the more funding we raise here on Kickstarter, the bigger the game we can make. We want to add new enemy gods, hero classes, buildings and temples, the list goes on. And since there are as many fantasies of godhood as there are players, we'll be looking forward to hearing what you'd like to see in the game as well. On certain tiers, you can even help us design parts of godhood. So, let's make godhood the god game we've all been wanting for years now. Giant penis statue. I'm sure that's viable. It's coming in 2019, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like a very PC game. It does. 
Um, so that's Godhood. Uh, eight days ago, you guys will be able to get in on if you want. 1,166 backers so far. There's $45,112 backed of $56,751. So pretty close. <clears throat> pretty close. Um, $29 gets you the Disciple, a digital copy of the game, Steam or DRM free on GOG, your name in the back of credits, and a Kickstarter exclusive skin for your Holy Sight Center. Um... 46 gives you the Elder, which is three exclusive in-game dedication skins. Golden, Revelix, Rock Giant, and Digital Art Book filled with concept. Lore, digital soundtrack, so you can relax to the tunes. And a digital copy of the game. Granddad of them all. 1,136 US dollars. Supreme God. Oh, Supreme One. To you we dedicate our very craft and we love and love of God Games. You get all rewards including your name and your... Wait, what? Including you get to name... Oh, wait, what the fuck? I am... This whiskey's hitting me apparently. Or is it bad grammar? Or it might be bad grammar. You get, I think what they're saying is you get all rewards Mm -hmm. allowing you to name an enemy disciple. Design a dedication. Why would you want to name an enemy disciple? I'd want to name a god. I want want to name a disciple. Okay. Well, then get that reward. And How much was this level again? And an advisory deity. You also get a bonus copy of the game, soundtrack, soundbook, three of all. Um, you get three digital copies, basically. Okay. Um, you get think, three of everything. I think naming something is more important than how many digital copies you get. That's very true. There's one of three left. Okay. And that cost almost twelve grand, <laughs> or twelve twelve hundred. Sorry. Okay. Not 12 grand. That's quite a bit different. Yeah. Sorry. That's still a lot, um, but yeah, yeah. Twelve grand is like whatever. Yeah. I mean, the last one was ten grand, but that's very true. But yeah, people were buying that level. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Zach, does your shit stink? My dog's does. Okay, well, as long as you won't admit it, but that's fine. But this is a product that will will help. I help. think you have something like this. No, not really. Let's let's go ahead and let the video tell tell us what this amazing product's called. Toy Pal. I share a bathroom with a man who eats burritos twice a day, and it complicates things. You never know what to expect. It's a middle-aged woman looking I very disgusted. But he never uses them. He doesn't care. And then I discovered something. Something that gave me hope. Made me stronger. She's clenching her fist. It gave me confidence. She's drawing back her foot. Confidence. Kicking the door open. To walk into my own bathroom. She got knocked out by the smell of shit. Without anxiety. Just kidding, not yet. On my own terms. <clears throat> like I own the place. What the fuck is that? That's this the toy pile. Is toy No, pile. that fucking hole in the side of the toilet. I don't know. Their, the their, their toilet's weird. No buttons, no battery, no odor. Using just your weight, Toy Pal sprays a dedicated formula into the toilet water each time you sit. The formula creates a barrier that traps the odor before it spreads. While releasing freshly infused fragments. Bullshit. Once you're done, Tropicana will raise the lid, ready for the next use. Bullshit. 
No installation. Just hang and forget. 100% autonomous. Long lasting refills. Ten seconds to refill. He's gotta touch a shitty thing that hangs outside the toilet. Premium fresh fragrances that leave the room refreshed long after you're gone. Pre-order a toy pal today on Kickstarter. Free refill, thirty-three percent off. Toy pal. All right, so basically this is like a little thing you hang on the edge of your toilet, and it like kind of props up the seat a tiny little bit, so when you sit on the seat. It that that action will release a little bit of spray directly onto the toilet water. So there's other products kind of like this, but you have to manually do it. It's there's like um, poop poopery, I think is a popular one. Yeah. It basically puts an oil slick on your toilet water. So when you poo, like the oil slick keeps the poo smell under the water, and like the oil is also like essential oil, so you smell just like happy flowers and shit. What's different about this product is it does it automatically for you so you have like a lazy ass husband like like me who like eats burritos and makes the toilet smell like like an ass swamp like he doesn't have to think about it like when he sits on it it happens automatically so like it sprays the poopery on the toilet water and this is like more than you would ever want to think about toilet water but i'm going to keep saying toilet water because it makes you uncomfortable if you want to lick the toilet water so it's like it's like a it's like a glade air freshener for your toilet in a way like for the toilet water. You know the thing you like, plug into the wall? Yeah. Like, but, for the toilet water. But for your toilet. Um, for the toilet water. So what I what's kind of cool about it is it has 180 like uses per... And yes, to refill it, you have to pick up something that's been on your toilet and snap something in. So that's gross. Um, but, you know, allegedly you'd have to only have to do it every 180 uses. So there's that. Yeah. Um. So I can see a use case for something like this, especially... For someone whose poop is really stinky. Anyway, Toy Pal. <laughs> it's not the worst thing in the world. It's kind of funny. I, yeah. thought, I thought it was funny. Um, $5 gets you a thank you. Oh, first of all, they're looking for $3,500, which is pretty low. They've got 43 days to go. They've already got $5,018. Um, $5 will get you a thank you, like I said. The single pack early bird is 19 bucks. Get you a Toy Pal, a refill, plus a free refill. Um, there's 10 left right now. Um, then... I wanted to go up to this level, the early bird duo pack, because most people have more than two toilets in their house. Right. There's three left. That's it. That's two toy pals, two refills, plus two refills um, for 35 bucks. So if you think this is a cool product, that's not a bad level to back. Um, if you miss that, the normal is $40 for that. Going up to the top tier, 180 bucks Gets you the wholesale pack, 10 toy pals, 10 refills, plus 10 refills. They're allegedly going to ship this May 2018, or sorry, 19. I was going to say, holy shit, time travelers. Yeah, they ship it to you in the past. Fuck. Like, your shit already smells You've already amazing. done it. Your poo smells like, yep, like flowers. good. Go smell your bathroom right now. All right, let's 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 end our Kickstarter in this shitty one and uh, move on to other things. Like... All right, Tim, you want to talk about games? Yes. All right, death. Yes. Despair. Let's talk about death and despair. Okay. You've been playing. Red Dead Redemption 2. And you finally found the dead part. Yeah. So tell me about it's your depressing. story. I got a good ending, though. I was 100% good in this game. Really? Yeah. Okay. So. Story of redemption. Re- story of a, redemption. A, a story of red, dead redemption. Yeah. I left a lot of red shit on the ground. Mm-hmm. But I still was redeem- redeemed. Even though you're dead. And, yeah. Um. So apparently there's four outcomes of this game. I looked up 
up the outcomes for your character. Okay. I had the best one by far because he wasn't actually killed. So the other three, like, he actually gets murdered. Well, oh, okay. two, he gets murdered. One, he probably had it coming to him. Mm-hmm. Um, my so- character limped off and then died of tuberculosis on top of a mountain. Do you, like, watch the sunset or something? Yep. I sent you the photo of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm in the epilogue, which is still part of the main game. So who are you playing in the epilogue? John is- Marston. Okay. So now I'm starting to see the makings of Red Dead Redemption. And so basically he's buying the land and building the house for his family to live on and dealing with the changes. Because it did like a jump forward to like six to eight years, I want to say. Um, after the other character died to when John Marston picked up. Mm-hmm. And then now I've done probably another jump of probably like four to five years. So this is like 11 or so years after John Marston. So there's new wild, not really wild West games, but there's new outlaws and, uh, new issues. So, um, it's pretty interesting cool. to see. I kind of really wish they would have done like a remaster of Red Dead Redemption on the PS4. Well, if you have the Xbox, you can actually have that experience in some fashion because it's not only backwards compatible, but they make it look better. I have it on PS3, so let's go to that. I mean, I have it set up right there, so. I, I kind of like what Xbox is doing with older games. Like, I do, yeah. Xbox is trying hard because they're number two. So, what else do you play? Tetris 99. What do you think? It's fun. It's a good, like, little, like, 40 second to a minute and a half game. So, what's the highest level? So, first of all, we should probably explain to those of you who don't know what it is, what it is. It is a battle royale for Tetris. Yes. And it's only available to... Um, the Switch. Nint- not only that, but Switch online users. Oh, shit. I did not know that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes, it's a lot of fun. So you play against ninety or ninety eight other people. Yep, and it's kind of elimination. And of course, the per- per- people you target get your junk when you clear lines. What's the highest level you've got to? Was the first one I sent you twenty something? I thought it was thirty something, but thirty something, something like that, somewhere in there, between twenty and forty. It gets really intense after you get down to fifty. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I died really quick. Um, I'm not really sure how like the attack. Thing works. So you don't have to do it. Um, it's the right stick. Yeah, I I get that, but like, I don't, I can't. Well, there's 98 other players playing concurrently, and with the right stick, you can can select someone to dump your things on. Yeah, or... and I feel like people select me because I literally get hit with like eight rows of shit. Out One of time when I started, there was literally eight targets on me or nine targets. Like you can see how many targets are on you. Mm-hmm. How? There's like little lines coming to you. Oh, well, that's some bullshit. Um, but one time, for whatever reason, I got totally picked on, and I, I died in, like, I don't know, 15 seconds. Right? Um, but usually that doesn't happen. So if you don't do anything, it just kind of selects a, a random player to dump on. I think at the very beginning of the, beginning of the game, you can choose a, like, generalized person to attack, and they'll randomize it. There's – I could show you later. There's, there's several ways you can do it. You can do random. It, it – picks random for you automatically if you don't do anything or you can pick someone manually if you use the right stick but 
The problem is, is you're also supposed to be turning the tetrominos with your other stick. So it's like, do you really want to waste your your brain power on the other thing? Yeah. So I could just go with random usually. Yeah, me too. Um, it's fun. You did really well this this week though. Yeah, I need to get. I want to get back into it. Um, I just, I'm kind of blown away that there's two awesome Tetris games out like within the same almost a month, maybe a little bit more than that, but completely different. Like one's like super fast paced and competitive, and the other one's like meditative and kind of trippy and existential in a way with the music and the everything's connected motif. Yeah. Um, I really like that. And Tetris is such a like a universal game language that it can accommodate both styles. So I think that's cool. So anything else you were playing? Nope. Okay. So I've been playing some more Super Mario Odyssey, and I'm at Bowser. I am at the final what are you doing don't worry about it he's like contorting and taking a picture um the demons are within me um so i'm i think at the last boss battle he's i just ran out of time and i didn't beat him so i'm on the moon i'm fighting you know bowser i think i'm close to the end of the game the thing is is i haven't explored every little other little secret there's lots of optional content in super mario odyssey so Do I, we know if Jessica ever beat that without dying? She was on a no-death run, and we should ask. Yeah, she's done way more of that game than I will ever do. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun game, and I'm kind of sad I didn't like play it all the way through earlier. But not really, because actually I'm enjoying it now. So the other game, I got a review code for an iOS game. And... I've, I've mostly been using my iPad for reading comics, but I have played a few games, and I've mentioned them on this podcast. And there are some good games that lend themselves to the iPad format. This is not one of them. Um, so I think this game might be enjoyable a little bit more on PC or even Switch or PlayStation 4. Something with a little more horsepower. But I'm running into some technical issues on this platform that really detract from the game. Um so, the game is Shapeshifting Detective, and um, it's a story of a murder, and it's a, a full motion video um, game, so there's like live actors, and... Um, Where am I going on? Just watching this? Yeah. That's like the, the, okay, the preview ready? for the game. So, this will hopefully explain a little bit. Investigations into the murder of 21-year-old Dorota Shaw are continuing this evening. Ms. Shaw was found dead She's in her cellist, home at actually. approximately 10 p.m. last night. She's a what? A cellist? What the fuck does that mean? She plays a cello. Oh, a cellist. Sorry. I thought she was a bit slutty, to be okay. honest. Okay, so she's not See? a prostitute, we're going to a slutty. town called August. This town is fascinating. I don't this think is like August FMB. is ready for any more strange. I said August that. August is basically Sorry. our hellmouth. I'm, I'm messaging Jess. Welcome to the guest house. Find Chief Dupont. You should probably go and speak to the chief. Chief Inspector Dupont. So you're interviewing all these people. Yeah. You need to learn when to keep your mouth shut. Look, if it's about the pills, I already know. He's gonna think you're but someone else. Twist. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? This. Sam, is it? Is who you are now. What are you doing in my house? The twist Get is you can shapeshift into anyone else. You have one job. 
How do you can, like, talk that? to people Don't. pretending to be shapeshifter? Yeah. the other people? I thought I saw myself. Caught. There's a shapeshifter in the guest house. August's gone crazy tonight. <laughs> get, get off me! Do you see what I see? People look like tiny rainbow outlines. Just a dead girl who looks alive. Aliens would be normal right now. Right, How can you want to sleep with you. me? I could be a satanic cultist behind closed doors. Did you kill- um, I want to hear a satanic cultist. So there's all these characters, and you're interviewing them. Okay. And you can either be yourself, which is called Sam, and it's it's actually interesting because it's not determined whether that's a male or female. Okay. And, and like they don't really indicate by the initially the conversations whether they're interacting with a male or female. Um, or you can go to your room and then shapeshift and into any of the people you've met and go back and talk to the other people as that person. And they'll reveal more because. They think they're talking to someone else. So that's a really interesting twist. The problem is, is there's not a lot of choices in the game. So it's almost more of an interactive movie than a game. Um, you can choose who you are. And there's usually one or two choices in dialogue when you go to talk to someone. Like a combative choice or a like non-combative choice. Okay. So... What becomes frustrating with the game is to progress, you have to kind of figure out like who you need to pretend to be and who to talk to as that person. So you're kind of like just like going through all the different characters and going to talk to everybody. And it's just like, just you're like going through all the options to finally like... To figure out who did it. Right, but to even, just to progress the story. Like you have to like... You have to go through all then to progress it even if you know who did it? No. You don't know. Well, you know who the, the 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 police guy thinks it is. Okay. But you get inconsistencies in the story, and what's that sound? That is the. Uh, sorry, we have our window open. What was that though? That was a truck or something going through. Okay, that was creepy. Yeah, um, it sounded creepy. So the shit. problem with the iPad version is like the compression of the audio or, or something. Like, it, it was hanging up and jittery, and, like, there's a radio station that's on in the background, and, it like, audio is cutting in and out. It was super distracting. You can thankfully turn the, the radio off, but then the game feels very empty. Um, so, I would not, as, even though I got, I, play, I got the game on iPad, I would not play it on that if I were you. Like, play PC, play PS4, if you're even into full motion video games. Because, like I said, there's not a lot of input choices. And um, you kind of have to beat your head, like, repeatedly into the options to get to progress forward. You have to, like, go through all the characters. And unless I'm just missing something, I'm not smart and figuring out what I need to do. It's like I'm just... Not like, playing on an iPad. Don't play on iPad. Um, yeah. Um, the the video stutters and the audio stutters really bad. So Weird. Not really. It's an iPad. Um and you're dealing with a like, video. So, shape-shifting detective. It's interesting premise. Um, I wish I'd played it on PC instead of iPad. But, there you go. So, those are the games we've been playing. Um, once again, we have new game releases. Are you ready to do this? Yes. Thanks again to Gavin Sheen and of Bleeding Cool. You ready? Yep. <coughs> Almost there. The platformer. PC, PS4, Xbox One. Blaz Rush Switch Death and Request Deluxe Edition. <laughs> I like the next one. Hacky Zack PS4. Hacky Zack. 
can you can you uh, Google that for me really quick, sure. please? Uh, Pode PS4, Rhyme Nine Thousand PS4. I don't know why my mic's not picking up on me. It, it sounds like I'm talking in the ears. I hope this does work out. I hope so. Um, Steins Gate Elite PS4, PC, Switch, Unexplored, Unlocked Edition PS4, Yakuza Kiwami, which is awesome PC. Uh, Daggerhood Xbox One, Farm Together PS4. Uh, almost there. The platformer Switch, Origami Switch Shadow Edition Switch. Sorry, uh, Devil Engine PC Switch, Gigantic Army Switch, Hell Warders PS4 Switch, QUBE2 Switch, uh, the Journey Down Trilogy Switch, Warplanes WW2 Switch, Dogfight. X Morph Defense Switch, Anthem, PC, Xbox One, PS4. Hopefully Anthem lives up to the hype. Dirt Rally 2.0, Deluxe Edition, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Queensland, Quest 2, Stories Forgotten Past, PS4, Xbox One, Quest of the Golden Duck, Switch, Tier, the Golden Duck, Tire, Tier, Tire, Tour, Chains of Valhalla, Switch, Unexplored, Unlocked Edition, Xbox One. Tim, what is a wacky zacky? I sent you a link to the YouTube uh, release trailer. All right, let's so do this. So you unopen that up and we can check it out together. Space Boy. From the creators of Inc. Never heard of it. I don't even know how to describe what we're seeing right now. Mm, There's cubes and jumping very around. Very indie. Super indie. I'm going to sue them for copyright infringement. That's my name. Okay. Well, they didn't spell it the way you spelled your name. It spelled the K. Oh, they have a good point. So there. you might not have a case. Fucking dicks. Sorry, bud. Have to make you millions another way. All right. Well, until next week, guys, don't forget to check, don't forget to check us out at thebuttonsmashers.com, facebook.com forward slash plug and play show, Twitter and Instagram at plug and play gamer. No, wait. Twitter and Instagram at Plug and Play Show. Sorry. Dope. Dope. Um, until next week, don't forget to prime and shine. Always punch Nazis. Close fist to the face. Make contact. Punch him in the throat. Face or throat? Both. Two fist punch. Got it. Muhammad Ali style.